Hello and welcome to the new podcast, Lifestyles of the Rich and Ordinary. My name is Michael Saliba. Hello and welcome to Lifestyles of the Rich and Ordinary. My name is Michael Saliba and today's guest is Gavin Morgan. Gav and his wife Jess have created one of the largest direct selling businesses in Australia, all working from home and with zero employees. In six years, Gav and Jess have built their organization's sales from a few thousand dollars to over $700,000 a month, from almost bankrupt to earning more in a month than most earn in a year. This is an in-depth interview full of lessons from growing up in a farming community, boarding school, country footy and becoming a father at 21. But Gav's real expertise is in his ability to not only work on his own goals, vision and mindset, but to help others see their own potential, whether it's on the sporting field or in business. My wife, Janet, and I are so thankful to call Gav and Jess great friends, and we're always learning from them both. They're both really generous with their time and their wisdom. I hope you have as much fun listening to my first attempt at podcast interviewing as we did having a chat. So ladies and gentlemen, Gavin Morgan. Firstly, thank you. This is the inaugural podcast interview. So I really appreciate that you're wow. doing this. Gee, so the standard can only go up from here. Well, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> um, good. First thing I wanted to really ask was, you know, you traveled for seven months last year. And I kind of want to know your thoughts on that and maybe what you learned about that. Well, I've always been, you know, how making a decision is really difficult. And when you make it, it's, you know, you think like, oh, that was actually really easy. <laughs> yeah. And it was a, it's an easy decision. Right. So I'm very cautious and, and too much. So at, at different times, you know, um, mm-hmm. And it's almost like um, you need to tell me things, let me mull on it, and then it'll be my idea and I'm all, all over it. Right? <laughs> I think our wives would agree. Yes. And so I'm lucky that Jess is very spontaneous. So, in fact, I have to calm her down at times. So it's a great combination. Yeah. So I would, you know, you know where you know, we have this really cool business and then all our business is in Australia. And then Jess goes, okay, we're going to Europe for seven months. And I'm like, okay, so what effects are going to have in this business? Yeah. Um, and then you think, okay, now the kids have got to get out of, um, take it out of school. Gee, I don't really want to homeschool them. I'm not a great teacher uh, in terms of patience. So you think, okay, so that is that going to set them back? What effects are going to have on their life? Yeah. Um, and then you sort of start spiraling a bit, you know, like with this, these, this, these thoughts. And then, you, and luckily, Jess is like, well, I'm going. So it's almost like it wasn't a decision. She's gone. So I either stay here on my own or I'm tagging along with her, okay? And so um, it was brilliant. And, and obviously it's a lot of fun. But then you've got to go, okay, what's the worst that can happen? We'll just come home. Yeah. Yeah, I and like, like that. Yeah. And, and you know what? The, and the funny thing was the, the business went down a little bit the first month. I'm like, I told you so. Like, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's the most, it's the best experience I've ever had. N- not just a travel, like we, we became much, and you know, we, we're together all the time, but we yeah. became much closer. Nice. Um, 
as a family, like I'm so much closer to the kids now. The kids themselves became closer. Um, And, you know, they come back to school, didn't miss a beat. Uh, Business actually grew while we were away. Um, We got out of the road of our leaders um, and they grew. And then but what it was, it was like justification of, okay, this is why we're doing this thing. This is why you work hard. Yeah. And I've had a couple of friends, about two friends pass away and then a really good friend's dad pass away when he shouldn't have and you think, well, shit, okay, so you're making some good money and you've worked really hard. What, what's it all for? What's it for? Yeah, exactly. And, and look, you've been to Europe. It's, it's a different, whole different ballgame. Yeah. Um, Just things, the history and the the years there. It's just incredible, and it's been. It was great for the kids to see that. It was great for the kids to see it to really appreciate it. How amazing Australia is. So there's a number of things that were. It was just ticked all the boxes, mate, and and it made me realise to stop worrying too much about decisions. Um, and like you, you know how where we use a lot of the teachings of Jim Rowan, the business philosopher. Yeah. And he always says, if you get 51% of decisions right, you'll be fine. <laughs> yes. And he's right. Um, yeah. But, you know, the, the amount of time I think you'd work up worrying about the decision probably affects you more than just doing it. So it was brilliant, mate. And, and um, but then one of the biggest, the best decisions of our travel was, and we, we got this early on, um, was we went to Spain and we were there for five weeks and we realised that's why it was so good. We made the places our homes for four weeks, five weeks, and we didn't necessarily go and see everything you can in Europe. And it's crazy to think in seven months you can't, <laughs> but we just wanted to live in the place. So we lived in Marbella. You know, we lived in, uh, you know, uh, I think, uh, you know, down in Positana and Sorrento. We, yeah. you know, you know, we lived in the UK. In, yeah, like... And we spent a lot of time in the UK, like time where the kids could go, okay, this is, you could unpack your luggage and, and yeah, like that, if I had a, if people were going to go for a year, then I would advise that, like, don't worry about the sites, just immerse yourself into um, the culture. And that was a big thing for me. Like, yeah, you know, like what it's like, there's only so many piazzas and churches that you can actually go and see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they call it another bloody church or another bloody cathedral oh, or and yep. the but the best memories are and it always is and, I, and i'll talk about this later like um like how to have fun the friendships like it's still like the best fun we had was like we're in rome we caught up with you guys <laughs> caught up with our yep. friends rob and christy and we're just sitting in a piazza having lemon cello spritzes yeah. Watching some people play a piano accordion, I think, or something like yeah. that. <laughs> On like a random Tuesday afternoon or something. Yeah. Just yeah. fantastic. And, that, and that's when you go, okay, this. And I got taught this from a mate when we went skiing once to take it in, to just say, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm a boy from a farming background in Cranbrook, like, and I'm now here sitting in Rome drinking limoncello spritzes you know, on a Tuesday afternoon yeah. um, in the middle of our winter. And, you know, that, that's the sort of thing you've got to go, okay, this, that makes it all like, wow, that was worth it. All that ups and downs and that it was worth it. And this is why we've done it. So that was really cool, mate, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of my favourite things actually is to run into friends overseas because there's, you can just experience that stuff together and I think it's, 
I don't know. It's just something about it. Love it. How in making decisions, we dwell on um, like things, but then you got to go back. What could, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It I've is always a, been very lucky that I've had parents of the farms and I've always thought, well, the worst that could happen, I could just go move back on the farm. At least I could eat some lamb and some veggies. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't sound all bad. That's pretty good. No. And I'd have a room, you know. That's, so I've always been lucky like that. Yeah. So, so tell us about your childhood. You grew up in Cranbrook on the farm, is that? Yeah, on a farm. So it's a uh, sheep and grain and you grew up on a farm with my brother and my sister, and across the road was my uncle, and he had three boys. Yeah. So we're like they were like my brothers, and then um, went to primary school in a little town called Cranbrook. I think there's there's only three hundred people in the town, so there can't have been too many people at school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and then yeah, that was cool. Like it's just it's it's good being part of a farming community. You're very very close, and you really and all you've got to do is play sport. Yeah. So we really immersed ourselves in the sport, brother and I. So we played golf, played cricket, we played tennis, played football, yep. footy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, moved on to high school. Went to Albany, which is an hour and a half away. Uh, and I boarded in um, at the Amity. It's called the Amity Hostel. Yep. In 1982. It was, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that boarding experience was that major impact on me. Um, In what way? Because I just, I learned I could handle crap from people. Um, you know, look, some funny things happen. I don't, I don't know if it's just in me. And, but I never really worried too much about, I, I don't know if it was bullying because it was all done in a bit of fun, you know what I mean? But like things like I was hung on these these towel hooks once while everyone went to breakfast and I was stuck up there for 45 minutes <laughs> because I couldn't get off because it had my weight yep. on the hook on my shirt, you know. Yep. And, and I remember I wasn't that worried about it because I was like, it was quite, it was a, it was a funny joke. Like I saw the humour in it. So you didn't experience it like bullying. You, you could no, laugh along that, with it. I thought them. that was actually like quite a funny thing to do. Come back, oh, are you, are you still here, Gav? And that hooked me in, like, yeah. That's a, <laughs> that's a pretty unique um, attitude at that age, though. Yeah, I, I don't know, like, um, don't know where it came from because, and then I remember sometimes you being affected by bullies and I realised, hang on, this bloke's going to amount, I think I had a really high opinion of myself, so <laughs> I thought this bloke's <laughs> going to amount to nothing in life, so why do I even care what he's <laughs> saying to me? Um... You know, it's, I don't I don't know where I got that from, but I, t- I tell you now, like now I've got kids. Oh, geez, it rolls me up when I hear anyone bullying my kids. I want to kill them, you know. So I've probably whether I've, whether it's like I've squashed it down, you know, like <laughs> how I really felt at the time, <laughs> and now it's coming out. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, it was like that was a great experience. We we spent made great friendships in a boarding school, and and I learned to grow up. So I was twelve. My birthday's yep. in December, so I went to boarding school from 12. Didn't really have my parents around from then on. You know, I saw them, you know, once every month and then obviously holidays, but it's, you're not really being brought up by your parents. 
yeah. so much as the people around you. Um, kind of had so to be- fend for yourself, right? Yeah, became very independent, so much so that like straight away leaving high school, I could live on my own and I could wash and cook and, you know, yeah. do all that stuff. So And not, which whereas these days, like it's a different kettle of fish with some people I see. But yeah, so I think that it was, it would have been bloody scary for some people. I was very fortunate I had my brother and two cousins. Yep. Um, but oh, so you're all at you, the same high school? Yeah, and at, at boarding school. Boarding school, yeah. Um, and that probably made the bullying not too bad because my brothers, my brother and my cousins would, you know, beat them up. So that probably <laughs> yeah. helped. You know, it was just sort of mild, hazy. So, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's – looking back, like it's, it's it was – um, made you independent and, um, yeah, I don't know, like um, didn't have the you hear influences from other boys and other teachers and, and um, yeah, it was just a really good experience and I was forced to study t- two hours a night, which I probably wouldn't have done. Yeah, you would have been Still out st- kicking the footy otherwise. Oh, yeah, I would. Um, yeah, discipline is one of my issues, so I wouldn't have done that, but you had, you had to sit there, so you might as well do study. So if, if discipline's one of your issues, how did you go then with, you know, your sporting stuff? Because yeah. obviously you had to be disciplined a, a bit with training and, and a few yeah, things Yeah, so I'm very lucky that I've always been really talented at the sport and I think I've never been, never became great at one and that's probably because of discipline. Um, I, early on, I didn't, until I got probably late 20s, I never really trained very hard at all. <laughs> yeah. um, it was just all pure talent. And, uh, and now I realise, and you know what it was? I couldn't see um, the reward for the effort at the time. Yep. So I was almost like, um, I had, here's an example. I had my, bro, my cousins were very, very good at football. Um, they went on to play for Claremont and South Mantle and uh, which is the waffle in West Australia. Yeah. And, um, I was really, really small. So I was sort of always in their shadow a bit, but if I, and I never had anyone saying, you know what, you, you're as good as them. But I didn't, mm. I got that when I grew up and I was 22, 23. Yep. So if I'd been told, you know what, Gab, if you work pretty hardy, I think you could make it. Yeah. And right. that's probably all it would have taken. And it's not that my dad didn't want to say that. He's very encouraging. He probably just never thought to say that. Yep. So that's something I've taken on with my parenting. It's like, you know what, you can do whatever, do whatever you want to do, but you will have to work hard at it. And so, so because of that, for me, when I say I'm not disciplined, it's it's more like I know the work involved. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not sure doing that work will get me to where I want to be anyway. So let's not worry about it. Yep. Yeah. Um, with certain things, and then obviously other things, it's been different. But um, yeah. So I think that's the. It's a probably key learning is to um, is maybe reach out and find mentors early and um, people that have sort of got your back and support and which is hard to do. Yeah, and I guess the other side is if you know if you are a parent or a you know responsible adult, you know encouraging kids and tell them you know you can get there. It's going to take some work, but you, know, uh, you could you could get there. Positive, like I remember his classic example, and the guy had great intentions. So I um, was went to a, this Rawls Football Club, the Albany Football Club, very successful. I think it's the most successful football club in Australia or something. So it's one. Oh, wow. So it's something like seventy years old and won thirty 
five premierships. Wow. Something oh, stupid like so, yeah. so, the, so when you get beaten, they go berserk. They're like, we don't get beaten. Like we don't, you know, if you come third, they're like, that was a horrible year. <laughs> and, and so it was a very successful club. And I went there and at um, 20, I came runner up in the fairest and best. Yep. And I'm, and um, the, my boss at the time, he goes, you know what? Um, I said, oh, gee, what do you, do you reckon I should go to Perth and try and play? He goes, all right, just have a real crack next year, win the Ferris and Best in the league, and then you go, okay? And um, which is like, cool, yeah, yeah, I can do that. And I set a goal to do that. And then I realised that it's, that's actually really difficult because <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be the best player in the league to do play in Perth for a starters. And also it's subjective to – it's an umpire's decision. Like, yeah, it's of just, and I And I did um, – give a little bit of lip to umpires, which probably didn't help me too much. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that – and but if, if he'd said – so it's almost like, again, I needed him to go, yes, there's no – of course you'll make it. Like – Yeah. And, and I would yeah. have gone. But but then you – I always go, okay, thank God I didn't because all these other things would may not have happened. Of course. If I did go to prison. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm really got no regrets of anything I've ever done because I, I where I am right now is great. So yeah. maybe if it wasn't great, I'd have massive regrets. But I, I've just had this feeling that everything we do is leading us to somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's always going to be sliding door moments, isn't there? That, of that course, take you in a completely right. different direction. So, well, well like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it's a great discussion. You know? Maybe not. Maybe we would have always ended up here. Um, but then you think, gee, would you? Would I've met Jess and all this stuff, and, and you start yeah. to. Panic a little and go, no, no, my life was fine. <laughs> I yeah, not yeah. going to change a thing. <laughs> yeah. I think the idea thing. is to not not look into it too far. Otherwise, you could either have regrets but just be happy with wherever you're at, hey? Yeah, I think that's a really good example. Be happy with your decisions. And I think we we dive into that too much. and Because and, you know what? We've, we all stuff up, uh, <laughs> and I do regularly. Yeah, and me too. You, you just you can't beat yourself up about this stuff. Um, and I think to expect that you're not going to stuff up in the future as well is just ludicrous. Like, oh. uh, you know, like I'm, I'm going to screw up. I'm going to do it again in the future. I'm just going to try not to hurt yes. anyone in the process and I'll clean it up if I do. And, you know, let's move on because it's <laughs> normal. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, not, it's really interesting that little thing of someone giving you some encouragement and how powerful it is in every, in like kids especially and, mm. All, and look, just being a parent is hard and all yeah. facets of life. And I remember an example, I was coaching a, a football team in Mount Barker, which is a town just north of Albany. Yeah. And they're a really young team. And the year before, or the couple of years before, they had a coach called Merv Nagel. And he was an unbelievable footballer that played for Essendon, come third in the Brownlow once. Oh, wow. Um, unfortunately, he's passed away now. They had a car accident. But he was so old school, right, screaming at the young kids, come on, you can do it, work harder, get up, like, you know, because that's how he was brought up and that's how yeah. I was coached too. Yeah. Um, and it didn't worry me, people yelling at me. But these days, it's just you can't, you've got to be positive. Like people, young fellas have worked it out. They could do something else. They don't need to be yelled at. Yeah, <laughs> so right. I took the positive approach and just started saying, do you realise how good, you, grabbing individuals and say, do you realise how good you could be? Like how, like I can see this massive potential there. And I think if you just 
apply yourself. You know, that was the sort of conversation I had for a year. And gee, the boys improved. And they, but I also think they, they liked, enjoyed playing more. Um, yeah, so that uh, I think I've always been down that track. And I remember hearing about it was funny because it was, as you know, I used to work for Johnny Walker, but it was something that was sponsored by Johnny Walker. I don't know why. <laughs> it was, it was a, a test they did of they got 40 people at a driving range, and they all got a pro each. Yep. And they would hit. And the first session, the pro would go, oh, you call that a golf shot? Come on. <laughs> like, like, like just every comment was a bag, like bagged them. Yeah. Even right? if it was a good shot, they'd be bagged. And they're like, oh, gee. I, yeah, just <laughs> never said anything positive, right? Yep. And um, something like, they, I don't know how they showed the stats, but they did some, tracking of the ball and how many good shots they played and stuff. And then the next time they got new pros, they said, oh, we've got a new set of pros here. They didn't tell them what's going on. The next time all the pro did was was say, well done, that's great, you're doing good, awesome shot. And they <laughs> Again, improved. no matter what the shot was like. No like, matter what. Yeah. Oh, good right. contact, that one. Yeah, yeah. like you, you get in there, you know, just little tiny things. They never gave them any tips. They just said positive. Not even any structural tips on how to hit the golf ball, just positive. Yeah. And they doubled in their in how good their shots were. They doubled? Yeah, but they never got any lessons in between the two, yep. two yep. times. So literally nothing else changed other no. than positive, positive encouragement. Yeah, reinforcement, <laughs> yeah. And they, yeah, wow. That's and, huge. Yeah. And I fall into the trap. At times of being real, you got to be real. You got to now just tell everyone how good they are all the time. I think that's what all you want to hear. Yeah, I heard a um a, a cool phrase once called it being a CEO, being the chief encouraging officer. Yeah, that's good. And I think it's such a, you know, we could all probably do more of that in our lives. Um, oh, for sure. We, well, I think we, I don't know. We sometimes we think we're helping out, but uh, people, I, I don't know. People don't want to hear any negative stuff. I know. Think. Well, I also think we probably already know the negative stuff. Like we're already probably beating ourselves up with our self-talk that we don't need somebody else to do it. We know that part. That's oh, just um, we're probably our hardest critics. Yeah, we know our issues. We know, we know our foibles. We know, like I could reel them off to you now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't need anyone else to come in and tell me that. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, um, quite funny. I just don't. I don't want to harp on it about your childhood, but I'm just. I don't know much about your folks. Have you, you know, what were your folks like and what did you learn from them? Yeah, so um, well, Dad was funny. So, like, it's, it's interesting and I can't comprehend it. So Dad's dad died when he was um, uh, 10. And so, yeah. okay. um, and then so his brother, Wynn, run, started running the farm from 16. God. And so Dad left school at 15 and was on the farm. Wow. And then they're now farmers. Yep. And really hard workers, very, very conservative with their spending and, and but also investments. So they're very, very old school conservative. Um, but they had incredible, my grand is an incredible person, incredibly funny and just, just loves a joke, but just a great role model. Mm. And um, yeah, like, 
just a, the sweetest person, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that came across to my dad and, and dad's just a sweetheart. And, like, he was – so he had an incredible temper, used to scare the shit out of me. Yep. But he but he mixed that in with just a massive amount of love. Yeah. And so it's sort of you forget like you almost like you laugh about the stuff he did at times. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a family joke, you know. Like he's, no, I never really got hurt or anything. You know? Yeah. Um, and my mum comes from um, uh, Armadale Kelmscott. Okay. She's one of the her family, the Buckinghams, are one of the founding members of Kelmscott. Oh wow! In Perth, yeah. Yep. Um, and she, I don't know, somehow I think her. Her parents were uh, from Perth and they moved to Franklin, which is not far from our farm, and mum and dad got married at 21 and, yeah. So living on a farm is, is, is different, but dad was really into sport. Mum was really into sport. And our, our marvelling was full of love, you know, like just uh, incredibly close family, especially when you've got another family on the farm, which is my cousin. So, you know, uh, and then you have this tight, close unit around the farm. So you can imagine... Let's say Christmas times. Yeah, we would um, go to three different farms and catch up <laughs> wow. before Christmas lunch, and then eventually everyone gets too old and grows up. But right then, you had like it was just a very close little unit within five kilometers. You know, wow. um, yeah. so yeah, just a different life to farm. Like, uh, yeah, there's no, yeah, like I remember coming to Perth and eating. KFC for the first time. Oh, yeah, I'm like, there's a great and I'm memory. like, I'm like, oh my god, how good is this? How long has this been around? <laughs> yeah, you know, I remember we had a remember the buckets you get. Yeah, and we dad bought a couple of extra, put in the fridge, and the, yeah, cold KFC the next day is the best thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but we still had a uh, like yeah, and so therefore we were, we were probably pretty healthy. We didn't actually you couldn't go near shops, so we didn't. I never had any coke until uh, high school. Yeah, right. You know that, yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff. And you, so maybe that ingrained in some good living stuff. My dad smoked a lot, but he quit at thirty-two. Yeah. But yeah, I, the thing I got from my mum and dad, I think most for me is um, the the very honest and, and integrity was huge um, for me. Um, yeah, and 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 just. Given lots of love, you know. Yeah, uh, I think that that's the main thing I got out of them is uh, uh, just being a that they just are all about being a nice person. Yeah, you know they they they, they understand what's right and wrong in 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 an engagement with someone else. Yeah, and I, I think I learned that from them. Yeah, I can get well, that from you. You're a big softy, so you know. Yeah, I think, and, and that, like dad is like dad. Dad'd be the bloke who'd who'd um he'd have a speech at a bowling club and he'd cry because it'd be so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, he'd be talking about um someone doing a nice job and he'd get a teary or something. Yeah, quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I've got that from them. But yeah, I was, I was thinking about the school. Um, um yeah, one of the questions you sent me was what what was school like? What was yeah. I like at school? Yeah, and I remember, I, I just remembered that my my year one report. Um, I think her name was uh, Anne Anne Jones, Miss Jones, I think she was. Yeah, and she wrote, "Gavin should be a clown." <laughs> <laughs> that was her summary of my year one. You don't know whether that's good or bad, though. Do you? I don't know. <laughs> 
just thought it was funny. And I think that was my technique of making friends, just trying to be yeah. funny. Yes. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. but but all my way through school and high school is the same. I found it quite easy, so I only did enough to get by. Like to, look, I got into commerce from university, but I probably got by into the score by one point or something. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, like that. That was my uh, pretty much me all the way through to my um, late twenties. And sport was exactly the same. Yeah. I would I would do enough to be really good in my little sand pit, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, and then not do enough to get it to the next level because, yeah, for whatever reason, I don't know. But, yeah, yeah. That I would <laughs> – um, so it was a sort of bit of a trend until that time, yeah. Mm, cool. So moving right along, you um, you left school, got married early, had a couple of boys. Yeah, so got um, – Got a girlfriend from school, from high school. Yep. Married at 21. Yeah. Was that, was that pretty bo- young for, I mean, it's, oh, it's pretty yeah. young nowadays, but back in those days and maybe in oh. the country. And then, so 24 <laughs> had her first boy. Wow. <laughs> um, so I was married and then 26 I had, we had Luke and then we were broken up a month after my second boy was born. Wow. So I just wasn't ready. But then that's led to amazing things. I have a, really amazing relationship with my boys mm. um so yeah just and we're both really happy my ex-wife and i and, and it definitely was the way to go oh and, and we, and we, we remain the friends the whole time yeah and yeah they're, they're good they're good kids like and they're well they're not kids really are they <laughs> grown men and they're they seem to be 24 good mates yeah. when i see you with them that's that's a yeah, really I'm very nice lucky that, that might have been and I'll shoot that I never told them off because I only, you, know, you wanted to be the good dad when you were, had <laughs> right. yeah. So, but they've, despite all that, they've grown up really well. And, um, you know, we would, they saw us together at everything. So we both, my ex wife and I, were always at this school, always at every sporting thing, stand next to each other. So they, they, they re- I think that was an important part. And I had opportunities to move away from Albany for work. And I did that. Um, um, this, I'm a dad first and I've got to look after these kids. And so I'd stayed there. Um, and then because I stayed there because of the kids and stuff, I met Jess. So that probably, it all works out, if you know what I mean. Oh, hopefully it does. Yeah, but that's a, I mean, that's a pretty honourable decision to make. Maybe you could have, you know, gone further in your career or whatever by moving away. But you're like, no, I'm a, I'm a dad first. This is important to me. That's, yeah, I think um, I, I had some, yeah, you're guilty for starters that you they don't have the dad there 24 seven. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, well, if, if I'm going to, I actually don't understand it when um, men have an option, you know, um, to stay, stick around, you know, like, like yeah, I, I don't get it. Um, I've always felt that uh, it's been so important. And I think that's now shown through with the relationship I have with the boys. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's pretty obvious, I think. Um. So just moving along, you um, met Jess. You were working in insurance business, is that right, down in Albany? Yes, I was insurance broking. Jess was in finance. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. <laughs> is there much to say about insurance broking? Uh, I was so nervous. with it. Uh, Great industry, fun industry. But I was getting to the stage where I was doing commercial insurance and he'd writing up liability policies 
And I started getting nervous. What if I've stuffed it up and like, mm, yeah, right. Like, you know, someone gets hurt and then they don't have a cover and then it's all on me. And I know you got insurance for that, but I, I, I got stressed. So every phone call I got was someone whinging about something or someone claiming on something. Yeah. There's no positive conversations. Yeah. Um, you make a lot of money, but there's no, I, I found it too negative for my liking. Yeah. But I love sales. So, I, yeah. I, after that, I moved into um, selling uh, TV spots for wind television. Oh, right. I didn't know that part. Yep. Yeah. So I did that for three, three years. And was that still down in Albany? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that was fun. Yeah. And then um, I moved into selling alcohol after that. All right. And you were still down in Albany for that too? Yes. And then the reason I went to Perth is because Dylan, my oldest boy, is very good at sport and he came up here to play football and cricket. And so I, he wasn't the type of kid who could move up on his own. He's really quite, he's quite shy. So yep. we decided to move and, and um, yeah, that was, it was great. That was really good for us and our business. For that, that move was. Yep. Yep, for your business as in for Herbalife. So, yeah, yeah, that we always had. So we always had the Herbalife business from 2001. All right. And we're doing it around what we're doing at the time. It was always there. Yeah. And we just had some ups and downs. And then it sort of moved to Perth, coincided with um, close to anyway, sorting all the crap out that was happening in our life at the time. Okay. And then, and then we could then move on to the business with a clear mind. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so why did you get started with Herbalife? What well, What was that all about? I've always wanted to to have more. So, <laughs> um, I've always been. So, take it back. I suppose. I think we talked about this the other day. I was very fortunate through sport and how I approach sport. Not so much off the field, but on the field, and we. And when when I played the next level up, like an association team or a state team or something, yep. I would have approached the training much higher than I would at the club level. So a bloke could see me in that next level and like, liked how my leadership on the ground and all that sort of stuff. So I saw 22, 23, and he offered me a job in the insurance broking. That's how I started the insurance oh, wow. broking. Okay, yep. Um, and he, his name was Larry DeWire, and he's the first person that got me into – personal development or developing your mindset is just as important as anything else. He's the first one I I understood about goals before, but he really rammed home the importance of writing goals, the importance of seeking out other people's like inspiration and motivation. So we would go to a, I can never, I think this guy's name was Tom Hopkins. Oh yes. Yeah. American guy. Yeah. We went to uh, seminars with him. We bought his, yeah, Kitty was selling that types. day. Yeah, <laughs> um, so yeah, he uh, he um, got me into that. And how and then, old so, were you then? So twenty. I started with him at twenty-four. Yeah. And then, um, so I was thinking, right, that was what I was going to do. Was um, uh, you know, build this really big insurance business, and my 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 goal was a hundred thousand a year. And that yep. was huge. So that was that was so that was nineteen ninety three, I think. Yeah. Around then. And so that would have been massive to like to me, a hundred thousand dollars a year would yeah, that's that's just we're made for it we're made for life, right? That was my thinking back then. Yeah. And then as it changed with you know, out of insurance into wind television, meeting Jess, um, 
I'm thinking, okay, I need something else to get to that hundred thousand now. Like, so I actually looked at buying, um, getting into Subway franchise. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, but that was a two hundred fifty thousand dollars investment. Yeah, exactly. And that was back and, then. There's like double that now. Yeah, oh, it's just crazy. which would which would work by the way. But then you have to work it, and then yep. um, and then I looked on this online thing, and I knew it was so interesting. And then, they, but they wanted ten thousand dollars. So I had to buy an online. So it would have been a website for ten thousand oh, dollars. Wow! And and, <laughs> and um, this training material. So, so I didn't know them, but I now know that was Herbalife. All oh, right. Okay. Back when they sold these work from home packages, which was including leads and and stuff that's really not that ethical anyway. Yeah. You know, they don't and, do anymore. No, and then so so I was open for that, right? And I didn't really actually have this discussions with Jess, but then how it worked out was Jess got home before me and and got the junk mail out of the mailbox, and there was a tiny little flyer in there. I'm talking like double the size of a a business card flyer. Yeah, okay. And it said, would you like to earn $1,500 a month around what you're currently doing without affecting it? Or something like that, right? Yep. And she's gone, this sounds good. And she looked on the website and then um, you had to uh, do a, get a, order this decision package. And back then I was the boss in our relationship, Jess and I. And so she <laughs> would have things had have to changed. ask me. Yeah. <laughs> she would have had to ask me, can I spend 50 bucks? Yep. Okay. So, yep, let's do it. So we've got this cassette and a book in this beautiful little plastic folder. And it had average to fortune on it, on the folder. Yep. And you had to answer some questions and then you had to ring back and have an interview. And it was called a, Decision package call. Yep. And so she <laughs> just rang. I was busy, I think. So Jess is on the phone with this lady who, from Scotland, but she lived in Queensland. Yep. So Jess couldn't understand a word she said, but she was telling stories. <laughs> and it was really exciting. The girl was excited. And, and it was $399 to get started because you got a member pack and you got some products. Right. And Jess yep. comes in and goes, it's $399. I'm like, yeah, whatever, just do it. Sounds good. So we did it and then, yeah, that's how we got started in her life because we – and when we really realized it was something that was going huge is we went to this – there's a thing called a success training seminar. So it's like a – it's a motivational seminar and it's a pump-me-up seminar that they have every month and it's – but it's also – it's growing your skill set, all this sort of stuff, right? Yeah. And we sat there and they have this thing where they tell stories of what's happening in, the, in Perth. And there's people having incredible results on the products. And then there's this guy got up there and he made $20,000 the month before. <laughs> and we're like, what? So that's 250000 a year. And, right, and even that 2001, that's so, so that's still yeah, for me big huge. Money. Yeah, yeah. I reckon, yeah. Um, and so we're like, we're in. This is like, we're, we're going to get rich. This, we're in. And on the way home, so we traveled to Perth for this. So we drove four and a half hours away home and we basically planned our life wow. from that, that day. And it's pretty much our life now, which is, which is hilarious. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, and we were so excited. We were so excited that we, did, we put out one post of the next month. <laughs> hard, hard at work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and look, the reason that was is back then, uh, multi-level marketing 
and even protein shakes. It's just foreign stuff, and we were scared to tell our friends and stuff, and so that that probably slowed us down. And that's the biggest lesson now. I would, I would not, I would not worry about that at all. But that's a yeah. tough thing to get over. Yeah, and I also think, you know, early 90s, maybe this is early 90s or in the 90s sometime, there was still a hangover from the 80s when network marketing was dodgy back then. Like in the 80s, yeah. it kind of had a oh. pretty bad name and there were some pretty awful yeah. operators. And, you know, like Amway, which is Amway's an incredible model, an incredible company, they have a stigma because they, they try not to tell it's Amway. It's like all secret squirrel stuff. And I yeah. think that was quite big in Albany. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember my mate had a bloke come and talking to him about it. It was called Y2K. <laughs> yeah, they have to he, change the name. Go, yeah. And he kept going, it, just tell me it's Amway. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, it's Y2K. So, so I think that's stigma. You're right. And so I knew all this stuff. I knew this. And I'd, I forgot. I'd actually – joined up into a business called Skybiz. I don't know if you can remember yeah, this business. I, yeah, I was in Skybiz too. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. yeah, and so same reason. And it was just, it was just there's no way now looking back at the marketing plan that could actually work. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> there was no product. <laughs> yeah, no longevity <laughs> so, at all. But the idea of it was brilliant. And that's, so Herblife's the same idea, but Herblife yeah. has this great product. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, but it's interesting, all those things, I was looking, 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 um, for something else all the time. And I didn't realise Jess was, but she was. Yeah. So so jumping like completely forward now to where you guys are at now, like I don't know if we're allowed to share your income last month or anything like that or where you're at, but I mean, you know, you were you were joking about you wanted to make a hundred grand in a year and thought that was massive. Well I know that you've actually at some point in your Herbalife career you've done that in a month. Um, yeah, it's just which blows you away. So I'll, I'll tell you a couple of stories about. So what happened was this. Let's take it back. So sure. It's it's I. So there's a golfer called Nick Price. He's won two British Opens, I think. Yeah. I was listening to him. He he believes that it's that everyone that achieves success has some sort of adversity, and I think he's right. Yeah. And how do you what that diversity is? It could just be knockbacks, you know, from being an actor, say. Yeah. Not, you know, not getting a job and you're just like, I've got to stuff, I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. And for us, it was we made some bad decisions with investments and so we got into big debt and the debt, all I thought about was debt. You know? Yeah. And was and, this during and, the GFC? Is that? Yes, GFC yep. and all, our loans went up and the interest rates went up and we just couldn't afford anything, right? And, and then the property went down to the – yeah. The loan was worth more than the property and it's all this crazy stuff, right? Yeah. So it took us two years to work our way out of this. And it, Jim Rowan always says that if you want to get out of debt, you focus on making money. Don't think about the debt. Yeah. But all I did was think about the debt. It's almost like, you know, the um, don't touch the wet paint. You touch the wet paint. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. And so once we got to a position where like, that was gone. So we moved to Mandra. When I said talk about moving to Perth for my son to play football, we actually went to Mandra, which okay. is now 45 minutes out of Perth. Yep. And my parents have a house there we could rent there for free. So we didn't have to pay for rent. Right. My car was paid for and my phone and my computer from the alcohol company I worked for. Yep. And and then suddenly we could function, right? And So, I, ha- so can I just yeah. stop you there? So you had a successful job. 
you yes. had um you, you had Molly and Fletcher were around in those days. They were pretty young. Just just yes. But even though you'd had a successful job and were probably earning pretty good money, the debt was just horrendous. Well the so, debt was just yeah. too much and and my dad bailed us out yeah. um with a loan that we we paid off over time. Yeah. Um and yeah, we look without him, we would have gone bankrupt. So so when I say like I had it, so we got so I was making seven thousand a month from my alcohol company, but it was about a hundred thousand a year package, right? Yeah, because I've got all this other stuff and and didn't pay for alcohol, didn't pay for fuel, and so we got to. It's funny how mentally we got to the stage where um, we'd sorted the debt out, right? It, so there's no more red letters coming in the mail, <laughs> and there's no one. Everyone stopped ringing me. Like the stress there, like I. I was just like almost crying all the time, you know, yeah, like, and a complete failure. Like I was um, oh, only 40. I was 40 and you're a failure, you know. It's not where you mm. want to be. Yeah. But as soon as it all happened, we were like, and we're living in this shitty little house in Mandra, but we were so happy as a family unit because we didn't need any money. We had ourselves and we had a job and we had food. And we're like, this is, this is brilliant. And, yeah, nice. Just everything was all, simple. Yeah, but I've, I almost lost my um, want to do more, you know what I mean? The, the, the want for looking for more, better life, right? Yeah, got it. Yeah. But before things went great, like got to a stage where we could, could handle it, there was a situation where um, we didn't have any money to buy milk and bread um, and I went to the supermarket and – I didn't have any money in the bank when I went to the checkout and just horrible, embarrassing stuff like that. Yeah. And I didn't know, but Jess went, no, nah, that's it. Enough is enough. I'm not living like this. And she got back to work with Herbalife. So, she started, yeah. so during this whole time, Herbalife was in the background, but you were focused on the wrong things, I guess. Yeah, so the Herbalife was there, but I – and I always have never stopped believing that it's a great opportunity, but I stopped believing that maybe stopped believing that I could make it in that yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then all of a sudden just to start getting some retail income coming in, which is really helping. Um, she's getting on the products, losing weight, looking good because yeah. we stopped doing everything. You know, we, we sort of got put on weight. We, you know, attitude was shit, like all this stuff during this horrible time, you know. Yep. Um, and then all of a sudden, six months in to this getting back, and this is around um, 2011, so about April, May 2011, just started going, right, working back. And she was like, I'm making this work, stuff it. Like she was really, really determined. And then things started happening, and I remember six months later down the track. So that's you know, get back to Nick Price. So that was her adversity. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then yep. so I is still not believing in her life. I'm, I'm out, <laughs> right? And I'm, I'm um, doing it. So I'm fixing the problem by drinking um, <laughs> Johnny Walker and Coke every night. Yep, and great I'm, solution. I'm te- yeah, I'm, it was good. 10 kilos overweight, sitting on the couch, not helping Jess at all. So Jess has started this business up. She's got two kids. She's looking after the house. 
Yeah. Right? And it's, it's brilliant. And it's, and it's funny, the whole sliding doors again. And lucky she's a strong person. She came to me and said, look, enough's enough. You've got to get your fat ass off this couch and help me here or I'm going to do it anyway and I'm keeping all the money. <laughs> so it wasn't the money that kicked me in. It yeah. was pure ego because I know how recognition is a very big thing in her life and I could see her being recognised, achieving the top level and me being the audience and everyone going, oh, there's the Gav, he's the husband that, that helped, that, of the president's team, you know, the top yeah. level person. It's not like, look, there's Gavin and Jess. It'd be like, there's Jess. Oh, there's his, there's her husband. Yep. Yep. He doesn't do the business. Yep. And that, that, that just kicked her on. Like, I can't have that. So, yeah, so wow. that's what got me back in. And then, then, and then it just, when, when you get into action, mate, like that, that's really fixes it. Action and consistency and positive attitude, all that stuff. And it just never looked back. Yeah, and you've you've talked a bit about, um, you know, you spoke about your mentor when you were younger in your twenties that got you into um, personal development. How do you think personal development's helped you? Because you've you've continued with that, obviously. Yeah, yep. But there's a during that period, I wouldn't have done any. Yeah, right. Um, when you were, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Jess is yeah. Jess is very very strong on it. Yep. Um, but I'm um, I'm very big on. Uh, obviously, there's the founder of her life, Mark Hughes, is very inspirational. The fact that you know, in his early twenties, he built this business and had the foresight to see where it was going to go. Yeah. Um, then he was so we're so fortunate. He became friends with Jim Rowan, and we can learn from his learnings. You know, you know, obviously, he taught Anthony Robbins, so he's got some good cred, right? Yeah. Um, but I love also listening to you know just books of successful people and or watching. TV shows of successful people and just seeing what they do and how their brain ticks and yeah, I've just loved that. And, um, and I uh, think those, yeah. they also reflect exactly what you said about everyone that's been successful has had to go through some kind of adversity. It's the yeah, it's the story about the and, the moth having to escape the cocoon, right? You know, yeah, has to grow like some on the outside. To be able it looks to do like it. it was yeah. easy. But when you when you hear them talking, you realize, oh, gee, I did not know that they had to do that. Oh, wow, I did not know that they had no support or all, all this stuff. And you go, okay, so so you can take those lessons and and because now we have a very big team, you can. That's what I love doing now the most is helping them, and I can I can see why people aren't successful, right? And 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 I, it might be a little thing. It could be just the way they act. They're yeah. not very nice, for example. I can, you know, or or they just focus on this area. And I, now I can see because I've actually read a lot. But the, I've my biggest mentors have come within Herbalife, like successful people, way more successful than me in Herbalife. And I just listen and I ask them questions. So Jess and I have been very fortunate because we've done well in Herbalife. We've been able to sit at the tables of these really successful people. Yeah, like, right. These people have incredible minds and I just ask them questions and I sit back and I think I annoy the shit out of them. <laughs> but um, I just soak it up and go, okay, yep, yep, yep. Um, and as you, as you know, we're very lucky that we get these access to these people at a very low cost to us. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's huge for me and I was just – but I, I think you need a mentor at every stage. I, I really encourage people to seek out a mentor. And it doesn't have to be in your industry, but someone that you 
Um, for, and it doesn't always have to be for for everything. Because I remember I had a mate um, who is a great mentor in some areas, but I didn't like his philosophy of life, so I just ignored all that stuff and I, <laughs> I used that stuff. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, you just seek. I, don't know, I just find people that have been around for a while have pretty good wisdom and just soak it up, you know. Yeah. I, I think it's really, really important. Um, yes, yeah, so, and just never – it doesn't mean you have to agree with it, but always listen. And, you know, most of the time it just gets you to, to um, just sense check what you're doing and it might be a sense check that you go, actually, no, nah, I'm right. I'm on the right track. Mm. Or it might be, oh, hang on, I'll just tweak that. And because yeah. of these conversations, um, uh, but that probably brings me back to one sometime, One of the biggest errors we had, and I remember we saw one of your questions was um, about what what have we failed at? Yeah. What have I failed at, sorry, is sometimes is taking on board what other people's opinions too much ah, right. just because they are successful. Yeah. So you have to sort of filter it and, and go, then take it on board and sit down and, if you've got a partner, sit down with them and go, okay, so do we need to change what we're doing right now for starters? Yeah. Um, because people are very quick to tell you how you could do it better, you know, <laughs> when they don't know what you do at all, yeah. right? Yeah. They are. They, it's our nature. You know, I want to make you, I want to tell you I'm better than you, so I'm going to tell you how to become better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we listen too much and implemented stuff that, um, just uh, abruptly. So you can imagine like, let's say um, fo- football is a great example. So we're playing a game where we, we switch and we go around the outsides and we work our way down the outsides of the ground to the goals, right? Yep. And then we've been t- learning this for three years and, we, and then we come along and the coach goes, right, we're not doing that anymore. We're just kicking down the middle. If I see you kick around the outside, you're off. Like, and people would be like, you could do it. Of course you could do it, but it would stuff up for so long and then it would take a long time to get back yeah. to where it is. Yeah. So that's what we – the biggest failure is we've done that a bit. When we thought we needed to change drastically to improve, well, we didn't. We just need to continually look at what you're doing and continually assess what you're doing and continually review what you're doing. And sometimes you might just go, no, nah, it's good. Yeah, and maybe just do some tweaks to improve yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but it was so much. It, it it came out of my want to be better, so much better that I'm almost thinking that I can't come up with the answers to get better. Yeah. Right. Okay. You know, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, gee, these people are better people than me. They must know better. Yeah. And we're so lucky, Jess and I. We've now realised, and the biggest lesson we've realised is it's 18 years this year in her life that actually we know best. Yep. Together, yeah, because we we don't think the same. We bounce off each other, so we're very very lucky there. And we now know that together we can make a decision. Yes, we take all this other stuff on board, and it's actually funny that I I didn't do that because when I was a football coach or a um, cricket captain, I would always say I'm making the decision. I want to hear what you have to say, but I'm I'm not necessarily going to do what you have yeah, to say. Right? Yep. And so I've always been like that. So I want the advice, right? Yeah. 
but I've got the end decision. And, and uh, But for a while there, we didn't do that with Herbalife. Mm. We were so keen to get this advice and go, gee, they must be right. Mm. And you know what? This is the crazy thing. Half the time, the things that people had told us, they actually hadn't tried over a long period of time either. Yeah, yeah, it's so, crazy. <laughs> but that's a great lesson is like um, back yourself too, you know. Um, and we've had to be also allow our team to back themselves without us going, oh, gee, I don't know about that. We, yeah. We've realised we have to give the team the autonomy to do whatever they want and then they need to fail if they fail and they need to work on it. Um, yeah, and I guess that's the beauty of this business, right? There's no one right way to do it. Um, so different people have different personalities and different lifestyles and characters. Yes. So they, you but know, it's tough, like- Michael. It's really tough not to say no. That's not yeah. right. Yeah. And, and it's always go back to the genius of Mark Hughes, who wasn't genius intellectually, but obviously in terms of relationships and people, he was just a genius, right? Yeah. Um, and so he, people would come up to him with ideas that he, he, he'd never tried and he'd just go, you know what, go for it. <laughs> because what would he know? How do we yeah. know like that? Yeah. How, do you, how do you innovate? Like how, does, how would the world ever grow and innov- not without innovation if everyone goes, no, nah, no, nah, this is the way you've always done it. Mm, yeah. You know? You know? No, you're um, right. Got to have people trying worry, stuff. Yeah. yeah so, um, but, you know, when you go back to those failures, right, I wouldn't change it um, because now I know the next five years we're more equipped to do it better. Yeah, right. So you've, you've learned from them. Yeah. Yeah. So in big, so another big learning I had, and it's weird because I'm always this person. Is you have to if you're talking to someone you that you want to inspire and motivate or get more out of, right? Yeah. For whatever reason, it might just be coaching a little kid or or um, someone in your business that you want them to be more productive. You have to be always positive. It goes back to that kid stuff I talked about when we were coaching. Yeah. Because I would I give an I would say. I thought it was okay to be real. So we were, had some periods where the, all of us, all, the whole world was sort of on a plateau in Herbalife. Yep. And so people would ring me, geez, things have been fairly flat for a couple of months. I go, it's okay. The whole world's flat. <laughs> and it's like, that is just disaster. Yeah, isn't like, it? That's <laughs> the worst thing I could possibly say to them. <laughs> and again, you go back to Mark Hughes and one of our great mentors with the, was the, the late, great Gary de Brabada. And he would say, Mark would always have a positive story. He goes, because, Gav, somewhere in your team, there'll be someone who's doing great stuff. Mm, yeah. So you go, you go. so, Michael, you ring me and I go, oh, yeah, but hang on, mate. Did you, did you hear about Janet last week? She yeah. made $300 from retail just last week. It's out <laughs> of control, mate. And so that's a, like a huge lesson for me. Always be positive. I, I could, like, it was a major, major mistake. Like it, it really affected our business in a big way because I actually spoke like this to all our leaders. Yeah. Okay. So it almost gave them the the. Oh, um, it's okay. Yeah. If I yeah. Go just, backwards, it'll be okay. We'll so just go and sit on the couch. To, yes. And and exactly. just wait for it to pick up again. <laughs> it justified them doing nothing about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the other thing where we've I've failed at, and Jess is much better at this than me, is consistency. I, I've always struggled to do things. Consistently, consistently, yeah. But I believe it's that um, reward for effort thing. I, it's only been like that when I, and when I thought, gee, 
the reward's not going to be good enough right. to do this consistently. Yeah. So, and people, many bother. people would be the same. Yeah. So yeah. I think that, that that serious goal and believe that it will happen is so important. Otherwise, consistency is very, very hard. And look, I'm in a really fortunate position now that I know that it will work because I've seen it. Do you know what I mean? So it's very yeah. difficult for people that haven't had the success yet to just believe it, to trust the process. And so, so if this, if you're, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, if you're in an industry where there's been successful people before you, then you must believe that you also can be successful because it's happened before you. So yeah. just trust it and do the work. And that's probably one of the main um, lessons for us if we're going to take on, you know, being a mentor is to be able to create that vision for someone, is to help them yes. see it, right? That's been, for me, that, that, that's one of my biggest assets is, is helping people see bigger than they can see. Yeah. But I think I've got that because I've, had, I've been very lucky with mentors that have had a bigger vision than me. Yep. Um, and I remember early on um, when we were really growing and getting to this top level, that um, I just had to show a couple of our leaders where they'll be in six months' time and blew them away that it's possible. Yep. And then they actually end up getting there quicker because they suddenly had this belief. And so I think you think about like um, relationships is the number one thing towards success, right? Yep. So that vision is part of that relationship thing, you know, um, imparting your vision onto them, you know, obviously you've got to have a good relationship with the starters, but I think they all come into that part, into that facet of success. Mm, yep. Yep. I'd agree. Um, so you guys, I mean, I'm not going to say number, but I, you know, you're earning probably around or, or just above the average salary in Australia, you're earning that every month at the moment in Herbalife, which is a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic yeah, it's income. Just, it's unbelievable. It's just crazy. But like it's so, just, so man, how do like, you think about wealth now? Do you, yeah, so, yeah. So, um, yeah it's, it's almost like now is, is what you do is you start thinking about, okay, can you help other people? Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. You, you, know, so you, you definitely think, okay, so um, um, we're very generous in terms of like there's a Herbalife Family Foundation. We try and give a lot of money to that. Yep. But I also start thinking about the family yep. and all that side of it. So, yeah, can, can we help them out? So we've um, – my parents don't need it, so we haven't really helped them out much, but they probably deserve it more than anyone because <laughs> – Oh, well, you've they, been able to pay back the whatever they yeah, the loans they, they helped you they, with, which is great. They um yeah, but they yeah, without that, geez, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that we would have got to Herbalife um, success earlier because we had to, you know. So who knows? Right? Who knows? Yeah. Um, but the but far as making money now, it's almost like um, I've seen how amazing our life can be. Yeah, like how ridiculously amazing in terms of enjoyment <laughs> yeah so so if you can imagine that eventually right you have a private jet mm-hmm. so that if we go oh let's go to france for a few days we can just do that mm, yep so yes that's exorbitant but who cares like 
how cool would that be? Right? Yeah, if that's your goal, that's unbelievable. Yeah, and how, like, like for me, it's in just having fun now, yeah. right? Like what and fun might be. See, I also like sitting and watching a great movie. Okay? Yep. Yeah, so it doesn't, doesn't have, have to be, be spending a thousand bucks. <laughs> no, so I think it's choices, yeah. um, choices, and and the so you so um, comfortable or what's the word I'm trying to think of? Um, so so you're very grateful, but you just you know that your family are going to be safe. Like, oh yeah, that must be an incredibly like yeah. So you know they're never going to have a problem. Yeah, yeah. It's but it, it's a concern because you're almost like I don't worry about school. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you got to have some balance. But, but that's a really good feeling. Yeah. So much so, like this is it's not wealth, but it's like we're so lucky. We live in an incredible place of the world, mm. and that's what the, the trip to Europe taught me. That Australia is so good, and Perth again is so good. Yeah. So safe, so clean. Yeah. And I'll drive around in my car around this area and I'll be smiling. Yeah. That's nice. that's wealth to me. It's because I just wow, what a what a good life I have, you know? That's 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 what it is. You know, and now the next level is just to be able to just add some fun because you know, for who knows when we're gonna go. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then we'll know that we've got this business that we can have fun, but it, we're not, you know, like sometimes you've got a business that you've got to whittle away, put money aside to, to get the security for your family. Yeah. But we're so fortunate that we, the more we build this business and we, even if we just had fun with that money, yep. that business is there to give to our family. Yeah. Yeah. It forever. continues on anyway. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, yep. But now it's also about um, you see where, Herbalife is heading. It's also about the ego and recognition. Like, gee, what? Where? Where are we? Aren't that great anymore? <laughs> yeah. you know, we need to step it up to show that we can go to the next level. Now, you don't have to do that, but that's just where Jess and I are at right yeah. now. More, more like a, a, the challenge part comes into it. Yeah, and and we're recording this this interview in uh, what are we in May? Um, during the coronavirus, yeah, yeah, 2020, during the coronavirus shutdowns and Herbalife recently announced that they had their best quarter ever. So that included oh. March of the coronavirus. So um, so how's this for, yeah. for people? And, I, and the ingenuity of people in crisis and, and so and who knows why we weren't doing this before, right? So <laughs> you're plodding along. We all get in isolation or semi-lockdown or whatever it is, right? Yeah. And so you, so we have these Facebook groups that you see, the customer groups, and there's this Facebook pages. I think we have 35 customer groups and then we've got mm-hmm. three or four member groups, right? But you see every day people are posting. Every day people are doing lives. They're doing uh, a masterclass in cooking. or you know, It's just the level of activity has just gone boom. Yeah, right. And then also thinking outside the box. And like, yeah. so we now have something someone can tune into every single day. Yep. Um, but it's also, so if you imagine this, this post on this page, more people are liking those posts, more people commenting on those posts, more people interacting with those posts. 
Yep. So last month, our business were 20% up on the month before. <laughs> this month, we're 50% up on that month. Wow, are you kidding? That's huge. Right. It's just insane. Yeah. And so it just shows you, so if people get excited, right, if you've got a group of people together, excited and believing, yep. so the belief that, wow, actually, hang on, this, this is going to work. This is, you know, my business is growing here. Wow, hang on, I'm getting more customers here. Hang on, I'm getting more members here. Yeah. So that spreads and it, and it almost becomes unstoppable. Now, in time, it will slow down again because it's just a cycle. Yep. But now we have to work our butts off right now why it's good. Yep. And the same with everything. When th- so when things are tough, you work hard. But when things are good, you work harder yep. because there will be a lull down the yep. track. But the lull will be less, will be higher than the peak yeah, from the before. previous high. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, um, no, it's, 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 an, it's just uh, blows me away. Yeah, um, and it's pretty exciting time, eh? Very, very exciting. And, and, geez, we're just so lucky, Michael, that we have this product that makes people healthier. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we're, we're in an industry which you can be proud of. Yeah. You know, that, 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 that's pretty cool. And it comes back to really what I think you said at the start about, you know, what's the downside? You know, I look at it that way and go, well, the downside is I just ate the stuff and I'm really healthy. Like that's, yep. if that's the worst outcome, that's pretty good. Well, I remember I'm happy with that. when we first got started, you had to buy a supervisor order. So you had to spend about, the rules had changed, which is yes. great because yep. there was too much pressure on people. But we had to spend about $7,500 on product to get to the 50% level, right? Right. Yep. In one month. <laughs> and the the pitch was always, well, you, if you don't sell it, you, you'll eat it and you'll be the healthiest people going around. Yep. And that's not too bad, really, is it? <laughs> it's not, no, a, no, not no. a bad thing that you're going to have a, year, a you know, six-month supply of products and you're going to be feeling better than you ever have before. Yeah, great outcome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Gav, I'm just going to wrap up, I think. Is there, um, is there anything I should have asked but haven't? Yeah, just a, I was seeing a couple of things that um, before you called. That just a little tips on things. So, yeah, no matter if you want to build up, like let's say you, you're doing an app and you want to get it happening, you want to become an actor, you want to play, a, you know, be a star footballer, or you want to be the best Herbalife distributor in the world, whatever it is, right? Yeah, I think you got to have you got to have patience that it's it will take some effort, mm. it will take time. Yeah, you will important. have ups and downs. You will have challenges. It's just you're going to have setbacks that really hit you hard. But if you have this serious belief that, and want to achieve that, whatever it is you're going for, all that won't matter. you just got to be patient and go, okay, it will happen. I've just got to keep going. Um, and yeah, I think that's a law of gestation, isn't it? That's, yeah. Um, you know, it takes nine months to create a baby. There's no way you can speed it up. Um, it's just <laughs> how it is. And Work out what you're good at. So, so Jess and I in our business, we don't do all the same roles because I'm much better at her than some things and she's way better than me most things. But, yeah. you know, so we find out what you're good at. Like, for example, my, my thing is relationships. So my thing is mentoring and my thing is like diffusing a bad situation. Like I'm really good at that because there's personalities, you know. I, I can handle that and I'm better that than that than Jess. So, so I'm – and it, 
this is just in our business, but whatever you yep. want to do, like if you find that you're good at acting, then just do that no matter what. If you find that you're actually really good at, um, you know, insurance broking, then do that, you know, go towards that. Yep. And so like a, another thing that I think is important no matter where you're at and something that I'm good at, I realise now that, you know, like if, if you have a bad experience with someone, um, especially if they're in your business and it's integral to your business, going to affect your business, you got to understand it's actually got nothing to do with you. There's some other shit going on in their life that's causing them to react like that and you're just an easy target. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to give that. them a pass. Yep. You've got to give them a pass and go, you know what, that's cool. They're not actually having a go at me yep. and because that is about relationships and you might be in a relationship with this person for a long time and what you do then and there can really affect that and affect your success down the track. Yeah, it's, um, there's a book called The Four Agreements and that is the first agreement. It says, don't take anything personally. And I just think that's yes. exactly what you said. It's it's so important. Yep. No, it's like for me, the, that's been the key. And and look, nothing beats action, mate. Nothing beats, beats activity and yeah. consistency. But if you rock, rock up, like if you've got consistent action yep. and you've got a great attitude, it's almost that's almost unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. You don't even have to have the skills, do you? As long as no, you've got the no, right you attitude, don't. you teach. But I your think bo- you have to you have to know their end game. The, the end game has to be so strong that you'll do all this stuff because otherwise you'll be like me and go, ah, like I'm yeah. not sure I can really do. I don't want to train five days a week because I might not play, make the AFL. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah very cool mate uh, cool, thank mate. you um thank you so much for chatting with me anything else you you want to say i just don't know it's fine have um, you have you got a favorite quote you want to leave anything that sort of springs to mind just just do something that's my favorite john kennedy the the coach the halftime talk you know like you asked about obstacles right yeah and i was thinking about that and that I've never really, um, and this is probably on the recording, but anyway, I've never really thought, gee, that's an obstacle in my life. Um, so I've come across things and, yes, they've been frustrating. Yes, I've actually probably got anxiety about things or, yes, but I've thought, okay, this is just where I'm at or something I'll have to experience right now and so how do I fix this or how do I get around this? What do I need to do? So it might be like I don't need to do nothing. I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, um, I'll I'll just accept it, right? Or yep. if I don't like it, I'll bloody do something about it. And and sometimes it's taken two years to sort that out, and sometimes it's taken a day. Um, but as far as like I have, I've just I think it's just a positive mindset. I've never thought, gee, this is a, you know, I've got a major challenge here, you know, or gee, this is a major obstacle. I've never used those sort of words. It's just like, oh, that was ordinary. My car's broken down. Like, so we've got to get it fixed. Like, you know, um, yeah, yeah. So, so I think it's a, just an attitude thing that. You know, people go, gee, I've had some challenges. I just don't speak like that. So, yeah, there's been a few things happening. Yeah. <laughs> but it's because it's just something you, you can fix everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you've got that mindset, I think then it holds you in good stead. Yeah. I, yeah. I think you're right. Can, um, can I just ask you, when you were talking about your self-talk and you said, you know, you'd have a, you know, there might be a little bit of time where you just, thinking poor me or whatever but then you're able to switch it like what's like what do you, what yeah, happened like that switching bit like what i just is think it? Do that you I, catch I just understand and i don't know 
if it's the people I've hung around, but I've understood that it's just down to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and you know what? I've been very fortunate. I always had that thing back in my mind. I can always go back and live on the farm. Yeah. You know, like I think I've been very fortunate. It'd be different if you had no backup or yeah, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But I think I've always had lived a very fortunate life as we do in Australia. Like, well, yeah, like, I think that's really important. Um, you know, we you know, here in Australia, if, if, everything goes to hell, there's a good chance we'll be able to pick up some welfare and there's a good chance we've yeah. got, we'll have somewhere to live. So if that's the worst, that's, yes. that is, we are miles ahead of most people in the world. I think we get so worked up in you know, the COVID thing. People are going, oh, my God, I've been schooling this little boy. It's like, hang on, some people live in a house with 10 kids. Yeah. They have no, you know, you know like stop your whinge and complaining and just work out what's the solution then. And yeah. I've always been solution minded and, and I've always been a really good problem solver because maybe because I'm trying to find a solution. I just think people are too quick to not find a solution and just whinge about it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so just thought, like I actually haven't come across, it's been, a, I've come across negative experiences, but I haven't thought they're obstacles like, cause I'm pretty sure you can always fix a negative experience. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Christy Walsh puts it good that she, they they were poor. This is Christy Walsh's you know, mentors of ours. Yeah, they were poor, but not poor in mind. Only poor financially. Financially, they weren't yeah, poor right. in thinking. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that's where um, you know the personal development comes back in, right? So um, yeah. it doesn't matter where we're at in life; we can still improve our mindset. You told me while I worked it out, I thought, no, nah, you're just doing more activity. Then I realized you get better reward for the activity because you, you're doing it in a better way. You probably become a better person. You've yeah. actually better relationships, you, you know, all that stuff. Like yeah. Um, yeah. You, you speak better, you communicate better, you, um, you, you have you know, your attitudes better, all that stuff. So th- that's why personal development is so good. Yeah, good stuff. Oh, and, yeah. and understanding the things that you're not good at and, and probably stop doing them and do the stuff you're good at. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty important, knowing not what, you, what you're not good at. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, yeah. mate. Thanks for the opportunity, buddy. Mate, thank you so much for jumping on the call. It's been great. It's it's funny. Like, we've known each other a while now and, um, and yet there's a yeah. whole bunch of things <laughs> that I've never really known about you. So I appreciate your time, Gav. Yeah, no worries, no, mate. Well, there it is, folks. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Gav Morgan. Stay tuned for the next episode where we will be interviewing somebody extraordinary. Cheers. Cheers.